Welcome everyone to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and we are back to another throwback episode. Today, me and Icky dive into the Disney classic that is The Lady and the Tramp. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you next week. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. Side of the tracks. Oh, everybody feels love. This is living, hey kid. Everybody heals with love. Open up your eyes to what a dog's life can really be. I don't imagine anything could ever take her place in our hearts. Welcome, friends, neighbors, countrymen. I think that's starting to get to be our new intro. Lend us your ears. It fits in perfect. Yes, lend us your ears, and welcome to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney movie podcast. As always, I am Dan Teets, and we are back again with Ichabod Bones. What is up, party people? This is a wonderful podcast tonight. I'm excited. Well, I am glad that one of us is excited about this one. No, <laughs> I kid, I kid. I do, I do like the movie that we're covering tonight. Not quite as much as the last one, but it is another good one. And for those of you who are waiting with bated breath, we are going to be covering Lady and the Tramp, the 2020 live action. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, not that one. We are covering the June 22nd, 1955 cartoon animation version, which brought in $6.5 million in their money, which was 63 point one million in today's month nice and looking on it on the wikipedia's this was actually the first disney movie to make more than snow white wow so that's some serious um beef because we're talking what 20 movies since snow white was released somewhere around there 18 19 yeah because i think this is episode 32 of the show and i think we've had 10 or 11 specials. So yeah, we're talking 20-some movies that have been released. And this one actually had a very good box office for its time, and it's done like $180-some million in revenue altogether, which we aren't going to figure out what that is, because that's re-releases, re-re-re-releases. Yeah. And every none such about every five years afterwards, because Disney saw that it was a good movie and decided to keep bringing it back out of the vault yeah as ichabod shakes his head at that so since you've said that this is one of your favorites i take it that this is one that played on repeat ad nauseum in your house when you were growing up i watched it a lot yeah i think we i want to say we had it was not on disney channel i think we had the, the video the vhs yeah we would just play it and play it and play it till it wouldn't play anymore 
My then, sister, I had a younger sister who liked it a lot, so I watched it too. I liked it too, but she always wanted to watch it. And since she was the younger sister, you had to do what she wanted? One of those deals? Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Well, this is another one that I have watched. I can't say that I had it on repeat like Icky, but I have watched this one in full probably two or three times. It's another one of those that if it's running on the TV, I'll sit down and watch it. If there is not a football game or presidential politics or something of that matter that <laughs> that make me want to watch something else. But So the movie itself begins with the words, The whole history of the world, there is but one thing that money can't buy, and that is the wag of a dog. So it is that all dogs, be they ladies or tramps, that this picture is respectfully dedicated to. And then we actually start with the movie itself, which starts at Christmas. And a man holds a um, box that's pink and white. And the woman comments that this is the one that she had been looking at, trimmed at ribbons, trimmed no ribbons, I'm sorry. The man says that it is trimmed with a ribbon and a small spaniel is revealed inside who is named Lady. And we, um... Cut to that night where the man keeps trying to put Lady down for the night, but she keeps escaping. And finally, the man puts a chair in front of the door, and Lady stops, starts whimpering. And a man finally comes down and orders her to bed, which she reluctantly does. And so the next thing that we see, it's 2 in the morning, and Lady has somehow pushed the chair away from the door, runs upstairs, and climbs into the master bedroom, and... The man's name who, or the man whose name is Jim says, all right, well, just for tonight. And, of course, it was not just for that night because we cut to some time later and Lady is growing up a little. And so she gets up and runs outside. First, she chases some birds. Then she buries a bone in the flower bed and puts the flower upside down on top of, the, on top of where she had um, buried the bone. And then, finally, she chases a rat. But she gets distracted by a paper boy, and she um, fetches the paper, pulls it in through the doggy door, and ripping a part of the front page off as she goes inside. And her owner's names, her owner's remark that she must be about six months old, and they need to get her a license. So we cut her getting a license, and of course she runs out to show Jock, who's a Scottish Terrier, and Trusty, who's a hound dog. And Jock tells trust tells her that Trusty has lost his sense of smell, but not to let on that they know. And so she runs back inside because Jim's home, and she snuggles down. And Darling, who is the wife, says that she can't think anything will ever take Lady's place in their hearts. And next we cut to the train yard where we meet Butch. He gets a bone from Joe, who is at Tony's. Um, Italian restaurant and goes off to eat it as a dog hedger comes up and puts a sign up saying that any unlicensed dog will immediately be impounded. And so we cut to, to cut to the dog catcher having two dogs in the back of his wagon and Butch um, rescues them and runs off one way to lead the dog catcher away as the two dogs escape and he ducks into an open gate as the dog catcher runs by. And we cut back to Lady, who's upset because Jim referred to her as that dog. And Darling also didn't take her for a walk. And this is all because of the Darlings having a baby. And this is where Butch walks in and makes himself at home and starts telling about all the nightmares that come with having babies. And so we see the months roll by and Lady starts to see the changes in the house. And finally, April comes, and a baby boy is welcomed into the into the deer household. And a little bit more time rolls by, and Darling states that she's um, feeling bad about leaving for a trip, but Jim says not to worry because Aunt Sarah is coming. And um, so she comes in and chases Lady out of the room. And we see the Siamese cats roll in, and they get... Um, excited and start to wreck the house and of course who gets blamed for it 
butt lady. She gets put into a muzzle the next morning when um, Aunt Sarah takes her down to the pet shop. And she ends up in a train yard where she gets defended by Butch against three other dogs. And so Butch says, well, I know how to get rid of that. And that's at the zoo where he talks the beaver into taking the muzzle off her because it improves the work that is done by the beaver by 66%. And so Butch takes Lady to all of his different houses where he gets his dinner before stopping back at Tony's for the spaghetti dinner that is so well known. And the two spend the night together and the next day Lady is worried to get home and Butch tries to talk her out of it. He's unsuccessful and he starts to walk her home. On the way though, he stops to chase some chickens and this ends up with the owner of the chicken coop running out, shooting at him, and Lady ends up getting caught by the dog cat. And so we cut back to the pound where all the dogs are miserable and they're singing the blues. And they explain about the long walk as they tell Lady that about Butch's uh, luck with the ladies and lady gets sprung from the pound and she's relegated to the doghouse and trusty and jock both come to propose to her but but butch interrupts them and lady gives butch the cold shoulder because of all of his um luck with the ladies and he ends up leaving and the rat from the beginning of the movie comes out comes back climbs the drain enters the baby's room and Butch comes back and goes inside, spots the rat, and they tussle, and this ends up with the baby's bed getting overturned, and Butch's foot gets hurt. Uh, Sarah comes in, sees Butch, sees the overturned baby's bed, shuts Butch in a closet, and throws Lady into the basement. And Sarah calls for the dog catcher. And the deers come home just as the dog catcher's leaving, and they rush inside. As a lady goes into the baby's room and starts going crazy about the rat. Trusty and Jock set off after the dog catcher after they realize that Butch actually isn't that bad of a guy. Even though not even a minute earlier they said, well, I knew it the moment that I saw him that he wasn't good for anything. And they stop in the middle of a puddle because it's pouring down rain. And Jock tells Trusty that they both know that he's lost his sense of, sense of smell. And um, Trusty doesn't pay him any mind and takes off because he's caught the scent. And this scene ends with Trusty causing the pound truck to overturn. And we think this is the end of Trusty. The scene shifts to Christmas and Butch is sitting with a shiny new collar and Lady and their four pups who happen to be three spaniels and one mutt are all are all posing for pictures and who should come in but Jock and Trusty and Trusty starts to tell all the um, pups about his granddad who is named Old Reliable and instead of being interrupted which has been a running joke through the whole movie the pups say no we haven't heard about that Uncle Trusty and so, because it had been so long since he'd been able to tell his stories, what Old Reliable used to say slips in his mind, and that's where we end the movie on kind of a um, Star Trek dun 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 dun, dun, dun ending. So, why was this one one of your favorites? This is just another classic. Uh, to me, this is like top five. This is up there with... No Pinocchio and Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, Cinderella. This, just to me, this I don't know. It's it's probably nostalgic. It's just to me, this is the quintessential Disney movie. The story, the animation, the the romance, the action, and the characters. We can get more into that later. There's four particular characters, and I have a theory that show up in almost every Disney movie, and even in a lot of the Disney rides. It's it's a uh, yeah. So it's got this recurring theme, kind of like when you see an Adam Sandler movie. And there's the same three guys in every movie. There's Rob Schneider, and there's <laughs> David Spade, and there's the, a couple other guys that are in like every one of his movies. These four people, these four characters show up in every movie, or several of them. So it's just got everything that you would expect in a Disney movie. Yeah, it, it definitely has the romance. It has the drama, because we had good old Aunt Sarah and her twin Siamese cats. 
which I'm surprised we're still left in there. All of the disclaimer at the beginning. Yes, which that was actually one of the things that I wrote down for what would not make it. Which I haven't watched the re or the the live action. Have you? No. And we will not watch, or I will probably not watch the live action until my daughter looks up and says, "Daddy, can we watch this one?" <laughs> After we've watched Frozen for probably the four hundred and thirty eighth time. Yeah. So yeah, that it's it's one of it's one of those deals. It's got it's got the it's got action because it had a for lack of a better term a car chase. Yeah. And it had the drama because it had the um, will they or won't they die, which I didn't remember the handsome or the cab or the um, paddy wagon coming over on top of um, Trusty. Yeah. And I have to say that I actually teared up a little bit because I was like, well, I kind of liked him. Yeah. But romance, what else did we, romance, drama, action... (laughs) The villain, the conflict, the resolution—you know, you got everything. All the, all those things that are important in the making of a good movie. So, what were, what were the four characters that are in every Adam Sandler? Well, you got the, you got the dog, like the floppy-eared hunting dog that shows up in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Although a lot of times he has like a squeaky voice like this, but in this one he didn't. Yeah. But, because once again we had the stereotype of let me see his name was Trusty and I actually don't think he had an accent he was the he was one of the only ones that didn't have an accent maybe maybe a little southern maybe I'm not sure yeah maybe well speaking as how speaking as a man in the south living in the south he didn't have an <laughs> accent now for people okay. in Iowa and Michigan and California and England <laughs> he probably did have an accent. People in the Midwest, mm, okay, he didn't have an accent, okay. <laughs> okay, so so we got the floppy ear dog. But when you had the the scene where they were in the pound and you had the quartet of dogs howling, you know, you had the dog with the dog with the Russian accent and the little chihuahua with the Spanish accent, and that, that trope with the different animals with the different accents mm-hmm. seems to be a common thing throughout the Disney universe. Like the first thing I thought of was when I... When you when you go to the tiki room and you hear the birds singing, you, you have those same accents. You have you know my CSs are getting shorter and shorter, and you have the 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 German the German bird, and you have all the different accents of the birds, the French bird, and you know you have those accents you know throughout Disney movies, and that's what I thought of when you had those four dogs singing the howling in four part harmony, which is impressive by the way, howling in four part harmony. Yes, and I was actually glad that I did not watch this one with Dooley because he does not like dogs of any kind. So if there would have been a bark anywhere, I would have had to stop the movie and actually put him outside. Just because he, unless he is in a dead sleep, like the first little yip, he's looking around. And then as soon as he hears a bark, he's up there at the TV barking back at the mean old dog (laughs) that's going to... That's going to tear through the TV and terrorize the house. Wow. Yes. It's very intense. Okay. So we got the floppy-eared dog. We got the we got all the quote-unquote stereotypes, which we'll get into those further when we discuss whether or not it should be remade differently. And what, yeah. are, you, what are your other two? Oh, just a different accent. You got oh, the Russian okay. dog, the German dog. Well, not Russian, but the German dog, the... You know, the Mexican voice, and the other, I think the other one was French, maybe, I don't know. But how they have all the different accents, that's a common thing. Yeah. Now, one thing that I did notice that somehow slipped my mind from every other watching, the name Tramp is only said once in the entire movie. At the pound, I guess, right? Yeah. When Fifi's talking about Butch, which is his given name. For his first family, yeah. Yeah, and and got he, different families, different names. Yes, which 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 once again also comes down to the various stereotypes with that. Yeah, but that that was the only time that he was actually referred to as the tramp because he got around, shall we say? Yeah. So I don't know if it didn't test well as Lady and Butch and had to be brought back in to oh well let's tweak it. I don't think this was based on a book or maybe it was do you know 
I don't know. Consult the old Wikipedias, which is going to make for some great... <laughs> some great... Well, you know, like, he did have, yeah, different names with different families. I think yeah. Tony, the Italian place or whatever it was, called him Butch, and then he had different families with different names. So I think the fact mm-hmm. that Lady is not really a name, it just describes her. She is the elegant, sophisticated one, and he's like, like Billy Joel, you know, the uptown girl mm-hmm. dating a downtown boy. I think it's the same kind of story. Yeah. Actually, I stand corrected. This is based on a 1945 Cosmo magazine uh-huh. of Happy Dan, the cynical dog. So, there we go. It's not have... it's not a book, but it is a story. From Cosmo. Yes, from Cosmo. Interesting. And I could have sworn that the guy that actually played Tramp was Kurt Russell. <laughs> was it? No, it wasn't. It was actually a guy named Larry Robert. Basically, did voice work. Okay. But he wasn't one of those that was like um, Piglet or Winnie the Pooh or one of those that actually had a standout role. But when you when you listen to him, he kind of sounded like Kurt Russell, and I kept going, "Is that?" So I kept flipping over, and I'm like, "Well, whoever it is, they it was it was." And I think I might have been getting that one confused with the Fox and the Hound. Yeah. Because Kurt Russell was actually the the fox. Okay. So, what did we think about this? Good movie. Classic Disney. Yeah. I I wasn't quite as high on it as you were, but I did. I mean, it will have rewatchability just because it's, it's like you said, it's one of those quintessential movies. You don't talk about other Disney movies without mentioning, I think. Yeah. And so, as a result, it's one of those that it might not be the top five or top ten. And this coming from a man that thought that a three-part miniseries made for a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. So, I might not be the best judge of character as far as movies go. I think it goes back to nostalgia, right? You said you grew up watching the Davy Crockett. Yeah. And I watched Lady and Tramp a lot growing up. So, it's just recalls back to childhood. That's a lot to do with it. I think Disney knows that, and they capitalize on that. Strong. Yes, and that's why there was a Lady in the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. <laughs> oh, wow. Not having any of the original people playing it, because it was made 40-plus years later. And I right. think um, Tramp's actor was already um, gone to the dog heaven in the sky, shall we say. Wow. Now, you are a cat person. Yes. I am a dog person. Yeah. Not all cats act like those Siamese cats. Oh, no. Depends on how you raise them. I have, have had many, many cats in my life, and none of them have ever behaved like what people consider the, the stereotypical cat. Get away from me. Leave me alone. I'm better than you are. Troublemaker. My cats have always been... They've almost behaved like dogs, really. <laughs> it just depends on if you get them young and how you how you raise them. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike dogs at all. I've just never lived... I've always lived in apartments or somewhere where you can't really have dogs, except for the little tiny... I do not like the little ankle-biter dogs, little chihuahuas and little tiny dogs. I don't like them. If I'm going to have a dog, I want a big dog like yours. I like dogs. I just can't have them. Most places I've lived. And see, my dogs have, for the most part, been somewhere in the range of 80 to 100 and 10 pound massive mounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah. As is the case with Dooley, because he has 93 pounds and he's got the striated muscles, so you can definitely see that he's not. Well, I take that back because now he's gotten more sedentary since I've been working from home. So he's inside sleeping on the couch for like three or four hours until he see until he hears a squirrel four four houses down. <laughs> And then suddenly he wakes up and starts barking at that imaginary squirrel that he heard. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, and I didn't actually have a dog until I was mid, mid-20s. mid Yeah. But my sister always had cats. So she, but the cats were always outside cats. They weren't the kind that you would actually bring in the house because that's the had things go. Yeah. So I didn't quite get to see... A good cat or a bad cat or however you want to portray it. Right. So that was why I had to ask if cats were like how they're depicted or if that's just trying to make them the actual villains in the movie. Since it's a movie where it's 
88% dogs. I think it's a little both. I think they did need to have an antagonist, but I think also Disney, as we've seen in the last several movies, plays very heavily on stereotypes, and that's just the way it was back then. And I think stereotypically, cats are are known to be troublemakers, knock things off the table, (laughs) climb down the curtain, scratch them up, get into the fishbowl. I think that's that's stereotypical. (laughs) And I don't want to get off on a side rant, but I'm going to anyway. I don't think stereotypes are necessarily a bad thing. I think it's hilarious when I see, like, Dave Chappelle do his white guy voice. I think it's hilarious. It's a stereotype. It's, you know, it's meant to be funny, and it is. Yeah, and as long as it's not something that is taken seriously, I think that's that's the difference in the movie. If it's something that's tongue in cheek, like, your big Russian wolfhound yeah. talking about going and getting vodka and beets. Yeah. Then you know that he's joking. Yeah. Or, or you know not to take it quite as seriously as I don't know. I don't even know what to, say to take seriously. Yeah. Because most Disney movies are, unless it's a documentary, it's designed to be something to sit down, watch, laugh at the funny parts, cry when the mood hits and then you get up and you go on about your day unless it's something that has an underlying it has an underlying theme that they're trying to pound over your head with right which for the most part that we've seen have been the document yeah and even with those there's still your little tongue-in-cheek humor of the prairie dogs playing where you (laughs) hear and the deer and the antelope playing in the background yeah and if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to our two documentaries that we have done, The Vanishing Prairie and The Living Desert, which are episodes 20... They're somewhere in the mid-20s. I think I think The Vanishing Prairie is episode 27. And we will wait for you while you go and listen to that. And then you can come back and pick up right here. Yeah, pause the podcast, go back and listen to that one, then come back. Yes, and write us and tell us what you thought about the podcast, about how we did things wrong, and that there are actually see-through vents or see-through tunnels that live in... (laughs) I can't even say that with with a straight face. (laughs) Like big ant farms, but for muskrats or whatever they were. Prairie Prairie dogs, dogs. yes. Prairie dogs, muskrats. Yes, exactly. There was... Well, you mentioned several of the stereotypes. You had your chihuahua. Which had your little Spanish, the big Irish wolfhound, or actually it's probably a Russian wolfhound, probably. Yeah. And then you had Jock. Yeah. I'm intrigued to actually sit down and watch 2019 remake, just to see if they stayed true to the voices like they did with the Lion King. Yeah. Which is the only remake that I have. I have to say. Yeah, I think that's the only one I've watched too, and that was almost that was like scene for scene. Exact. It wasn't like a. I watched another one that was kind of along the same vein, but it wasn't exact. Mulan. Beauty and the Beast. I watched. I don't watch Beauty and the Beast, but I've seen Mulan, and Mulan is not scene for scene because it doesn't have Mushu. It's more of a historically accurate ish than that actual cartoon was. Well, that's because it's not historical to not have dragon on Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. But we will get to Mulan, and we will get to Beauty and the Beast, and all of those great Disney movies from the golden age of the late 80s, early 90s, late 90s, which is where Disney was just pounding them out movie after movie, and every one of them was making hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. But but right now, we are talking about Lady and the Tramp. And I'm going to go ahead and segue into some of the things that I caught. Darling, the wife of Jim, she looked almost exactly like the 101 Dalmatian lady. Yeah, I can see that. Which, I mean, once again, it's a dog movie versus a dog movie, so that might be the reason why they stuck them all together. Um, I don't know about a dog taking coffee and donuts. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm sure Dooley would love to to eat a donut if I were to give it to him, but then he would be hopped up on sugar for all day. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of just running out and, well, I mean, she didn't really, she didn't seem too hyper, so obviously she had built up a 
tolerance to caffeine and yeah the sugar. I think they were trying to play. What I got from that is they're trying to play on the fact that Lady was their child, mm-hmm. as many couples who don't have actual children but have pets, mm-hmm. they would treat their pet as if it were their child, and that's the the juxtaposition, I guess, if that's the right word, when they do get an actual child. Right. And how now Lady is not the child anymore, and it's the typical older sibling jealousy, but how they are portraying that she is their child, and then they get a different child. Although, I dare say that I will let my daughter drink coffee until she is at least, and you can go ahead and mark this down. Well, I'm living proof that caffeine does not stunt your growth. That's a wives' tale. I'm <laughs> six foot six. So it, it's a lie. It's a lie. Okay. Well, then we'll, we'll go ahead and start her off on a little bit of caffeine in the in the first. But it, not to say that it might not be good for a developing mind or body. I don't know that, but it <laughs> it doesn't stunt your growth. <laughs> but you also probably had a whole lot of milk when you were growing up as well. No, it's not to say if I didn't have caffeine, maybe I would have been seven foot six. Who knows? So and maybe you, it is. And you would be playing for the Lakers right now. Yes, I would. Instead of just wearing a Los Angeles Rams. Yes. I'd be playing for the Rams. Maybe I'd be like a, a quarterback or a receiver. Who knows? Yeah. I never was a big in basketball, but I love football. Can you imagine having a six foot six tight end? That that would be I think a lot of tight ends are tall these days, so yeah. Well, yeah, and it's actually it's moving that way with the quarterback position because Clemson's quarterback is six foot six. The one that started this past weekend was six foot five. Yeah. And both of them are like 230, 240, 250. Hey, I'm, I'm about 230, 240, but I'm nowhere near that muscular. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see over the line. You can throw the ball over the line. And you can float it up and drop it right down in the receiver's arm. Yes. So, you, so you're saying you don't have the striated six-pack? No, I have a keg. I have a, <laughs> a one-pack. <laughs> you have the one ab, the single ab. Yes. Yep. A kegger. But this is not... The Football Weekly Podcast. Although that would be an interesting. We had time oh in boy. our busy schedules. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I imagined it or not, but when Jim Deere comes down the steps, I could have heard him whistling, I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> I can't imagine. And, that, and that's where I'm thinking I might have, I might have imagined it because I was falling asleep towards that part of the movie. Because it was the, the it was the lull in the middle to back up with Aunt Sarah and gruesome Siamese cats. Yeah, I don't think you. I didn't catch that. I mean, I guess it's possible. But I can't see that's not a Disney. It wasn't a Disney property then. It's still not. No. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Wonka Wonka Vision. Well, is it on my Fox? If it was still on my Fox, then it might be. Because um, Charlie and the Chocolate or. Yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has Tim Burton characters that you see in um, all of his Alice in Wonderland. Huh. Interesting. Everything is tied together. We've already stated that. So yes. So we'll we'll just we'll just say that it was a very early precursor to Wonka Vision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course we got the Siamese cats, which don't even get me started on how creepy those cats were. Yeah. Um, one thing that definitely did bring down the movie was when Lady was in the pound, and they started talking about the long walk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's important to have your pet spayed or neutered, but to have them talk about the long walk and how the dogs go in and they don't come out, and then you have every dog looking like it in a Sarah McLaughlin, the ASPCA, during that portion... Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. For just a cup of coffee a day, you can save this dog's life. Yeah. And and it's funny because Dooley actually kennels up every night. And sometimes when he's not ready to go in, he'll go in and he'll give me the puppy dog eyes. And uh-huh. I start singing, in the arms of an angel. <laughs> and I deliberately cut that note sharp just because... <laughs> That's what I see when I looked at him and he's giving me the puppy dog. Yeah. Even though he is now a four-year-old, full-grown, 93 pounds of solid muscle dog. Wow. That could drag me across the yard if he wanted to. Easily, yeah. 
because he has done it a couple of times when I wasn't prepared for it. Yikes. Yeah, he sees a squirrel and takes off. He's gone. Squirrel! And speaking of things that are creepy and weird, the rat. Oh, my word. Yeah. I mean, that was a classic case of Chekhov's gun. And I didn't realize it until I saw it. Oh. Because you had the rat that lady chased off at the very beginning and then you had the secret of Nimrat at the very end which is not a Disney property I don't think that's what I was thinking well I think that's Don Bluth right and Don Bluth was an animator for Disney and he left and started his own company to be spiteful I think there was like a riff with the union disagreements and stuff Mm -hmm. like that he didn't like the way he was treated so he said fine I'll go start my own animation company so he was a Disney animator at one point but we don't know if he was, but was that like 70s, 80s? Do you remember when that was? No, but I'm guessing that probably was Don Blue's animation. Okay. Because, I mean, that rat had all of the hallmarks of being what was the villain. Yeah. And he got introduced at the very beginning of the movie, and then you didn't see him until eight-ninths of the way through. Yeah. Because it made you think about... Oh, well, the cats are going to be the ones that are going to be causing the issue because they're going to want to get up and get into the get into the baby's room, take the bottles, drink the milk, swap the baby out of the bed, and then it ends up being crazy, green-eyed, green-eyed lady, lucky. Wait, <laughs> not that. He left in 79. Don Bluth left Disney in okay. 79. Okay. So there's a very good chance that he was involved in Lady and the Tramp. He, yeah, he might have been like an apprentice or something like that, because we're talking 20 years, 25 years earlier with that. But it was it was definitely a very good red herring, making you think that the cats were going to be the villains. He was the assistant director, Don Bluth, the assistant director of Lady and the Tramp, and he was an animator. Uh-huh. So that probably he probably did animate that scene. So there we have it, folks. Another he question did answered. Stone, he did Jungle Book, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers. He did a bunch of stuff. So he was with them all a long time. Wow. And like every one of those that you mentioned are, well, with the exception of the Rescuers, because I'm more in tune to the Down Under for that deleted scene. <laughs> the one that flew by. Yeah, yeah. We, exactly. all, we all know. But, I mean, getting getting back to Lady and the Tramp, the and speaking of somebody that has watched it, I don't know why I didn't remember the the rat being the ultimate evil at the end of the movie. But it was, I mean, when the cats came in for some reason, I thought they were going to have something to do with it. Even though I knew deep down that Aunt Sarah would never see their, her cats as the bad cats that they are. Oh yeah, not my kid. No way, yeah. they're perfect angel. Yeah, exactly, until they tear up the living room and then try to blame it on the perfect, innocent three-year-old sitting over there in the corner, staring at the carnage. <laughs> yeah, and another of my favorite scenes was the 66%. Oh, yeah. A lot of those lines, I those one-liners that he said I use to this day. Like, even to this day, I'll say, Hey, it worked well. So, what are some other one-liners out of this? Since you brought up the the one-liners, I'm going to put you on the spot. And I was saying them in the movie. I was like, so that's where that line is from. I've been saying that, and I didn't know where it's from. (laughs) That's where it's from, but now I can't think of it. Now I can't think of them. Hmm. Well, while you were thinking about it, let me go ahead and throw out the email address. So that way, if this is one of your favorite movies... Write us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com and let us know what your favorite lines are from this movie. Or if this is another snooze fest, like I was during the beginning of the of the baby port. Oh, yeah. Be- because the, the, the movie has a upslope, and then it falls off a cliff only to get caught by the upcurrent from the Pacific's Palisade. <laughs> and then we brought back into Disneyland... At the end of Sora. Oh, wait. It's in that movie. (laughs) (sighs) So, do you have anything else to add on to this one? Uh, Oh, yeah. I also, I always sing that song to the the Siamese cats. Whenever we have milk, I always go, 
plenty milk for you and also some for me. Da dong dong dong. Always, always say that. That is a perfect segue into whether or not this movie has any cultural impacts. <laughs> so thank you for that, Icky. That was beautiful. Now, yeah. seeing as how neither of us have watched the remake, we don't know if the cats actually make it in as a culturally irrelevant 2019 slip of the tongue by the Disney. Yeah, I doubt it, but maybe. Don't know. Um, I think that the one down portion that I mentioned just a couple of months moments ago will probably be beaten over everyone's head that you need to make sure that you control help control the pet population <laughs> have your pet shark spayed or neutered as joel McHale said on an episode of card sharks a couple of nights ago <laughs> unless they are sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads in which case they can handle their own people <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that is definitely not a disney movie <laughs> not a touchdown movie They've got freaking lasers attached to their heads. Um, but yeah, that that and the Siamese cats are probably about the two things that would probably be culturally irre- irrelevant. And if it were re, well, it has been remade, so I can't really tell you. Which I think this is the first movie that has actually been remade that we've covered, isn't it? I think it was Swiss Family Robinson, right? Or but one of I'm, those. But I'm talking about like in, modern day. Yeah, like the last four, five, ten years. Yeah. Because I think Beauty and the Beast was remade three years ago. Yeah. Three, four years ago, somewhere around there. And then they started pumping out one every six months to make it well, actually no, Dumbo was actually remade. But that this still been within the last ten years, I think. Yeah, but, but that that's what that's what I'm talking about, since this one was actually remade and I can't speak to whether or not it was a shot for shot remake like the like the more recent ones have been. Yeah, like Lion King was. Um my other laptop shuts off. Is this movie mirrored in culture? Um, I don't think there's any significant presence in any of the Disney parks that I know of that I can think of. There's no Lady in the Tramp Bride for sure or any anything notable. There's not there's even a some... Tony's Italiano. There is a Tony's Pizza, I think, but I don't know. Tony's Pizza is just... There's a Tony's Pizza in every corner in New York, New Jersey, so I don't know if it references this movie or not. Not that I know of. Yeah, because there, you know, there was well, a... Email us and let us know. Correct me so we can address it in the next podcast. Because there is actually a Tony's Pizza, if I remember, at Carowinds, so I don't think that's actually a Disney thing. Probably not. Unless Tony's... Unless Disney has its feelers in the Paramount Parks. <laughs> Which That's the next big deal? Yes. Disney acquires Paramount. Hey, actually, now, Paramount doesn't even own those parks anymore. Paramount sold the parks to Cedar Fair. Hmm. All the Kings of Minion, Carowinds, and Kings Island, and all those are now part of the Cedar Point family of parks. That's sad. Yeah. That, that, that was a that was a piece of my childhood going to Kings Dominion every summer with a youth group. We're still there. It's just not Paramount's yeah. Kings Dominion anymore. Yeah. Which means that they probably had to take out the Forrest Gump bench and everything like okay. that since it wasn't actually a Paramount Park anymore. Yeah, in the days of Thunder Ride, they probably repurposed that. But it was that was just like a theater with motion seats, so they could yeah. easily just put in a different movie. I think it's SpongeBob now, but I don't know. Well, SpongeBob was at Carowinds. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this is a Disney podcast. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for bringing us back from the from the reminiscings about. The olden days. Yes. Tell me about the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> um, no significant presence in modern day culture that I can think of. So, does this? How does this fit into today's society? The final question. Well, they just remade it, so clearly it still fits. We just don't know how. We don't know if they PC fight it or whatever you want to call it. They cut out the problematic scenes or restructured them or completely rewrote the plot. I don't know. It's a lot longer than the new version is almost two hours. I think it's an hour and 51 and this one was an hour and 15. So the new version is quite a bit longer. So then there there might be some more love story in it because it was because from what I take from the movie there was just the one date. And then four puppies. 
One date, four puppies. <laughs> I don't think that math adds up. <laughs> well, it was a litter. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, but yeah. but the the movie itself that that I have failed to mention begins and ends at Christmas, so it all takes place in the span of one year. Oh yeah, because the baby was one year old when they're taking the family picture. So I mean, this this is actually I don't think there's been a movie that has had the beginning and the end circle in on it thus far. I know it happens with Lion King, but that's like another 35 years, 35, 40 years down the road. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see going forward if this is going to be something that's going to be a theme in the Disney movie. If they try to tie everything up in one nice bow, put a put a Christmas bow on it and throw it under your Christmas tree. Bring it back full circle. Yes. Christmas tree, Die Hard style. yippee Kaye. Nakatomi Plaza, baby, it's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber fall. <laughs> Which, that, even though this is not the Die Hard movie, or the Die Hard movie podcast, which would be another great one, but it would probably just be a one-off, the, that has actually been something that I have done the last two years, is going to see that on Christmas. Really? Yes. Huh. So it's going to be interesting to see if they have it playing this year since all movie theaters are basically going out of business, not hmm. being in existence. Yep. That's when you just go outside with a projector and put it on the side of the house. Yes. Just watch it outside. Yeah, just make sure that you only watch the first one, because the second <laughs> Yeah. As is the case for most sequels, unless it is a Star Trek sequel or a straight-to-video Disney sequel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cinderella 2, three stories from when I got married. <laughs> How I got my sister's boyfriend <laughs> i think that actually is a second cinderella movie yeah i was uh and i can already see the hate mail streaming in from <laughs> where this is going so we will go ahead and put a bow on it unless you have something else to add on the um today's society was that a the bulldog that was in the the scene the animal shelter that was a british was that not a british bulldog <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. I just thought about that. I wonder if his name was Davy Boy, or was it Dynamite Kid? Ooh, too soon. They're both dead. No, <laughs> they took the long walk. Wow. Next. We're just gonna go full Green Mile. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's about it. Good movie. Watch rewatchability. I think. I like the music in the movie. There's not a lot, but I do like the music. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I don't. Other than. This is the night. Yeah. I don't think there's any any um music except for that and The Lady is a Tramp. Or is that another movie that I'm... I don't think that was part of it. No. The, si- the Siamese cat song. How could I forget that? The creepy Siamese. And the dogs howling in the quartet. She's a He's a tramp, but I love him. That's that that okay. That's probably what you're thinking about. All right. Well, for those of you who have stuck around through all of our wrestling and our diehard and our Green Mile yeah. references, we thank you for listening. Rate us, review us, let us know what you think on iTunes. Give us five stars. If you give us one star, then please keep that to yourself. <laughs> Except to send us email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Of course, the DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Your next assignment, which is another Disney documentary. I know how much you guys love those because we've been seeing the downloads and people seem to care for those just a little bit over plucking out your eyeballs. But <laughs> Dennis appointment with no Novocaine. Yes, exactly. But the next one is The African Lion, which should be... Rather interesting to see how many people actually get mauled during the making of that movie. <laughs> and whether or not any of them are told, Simba, I am your father. <laughs> exactly. And that brings it all full circle since everything is interrelated. Um, thank you for sticking with us during this long meandering road that is uh, Lady and the Tramp. We'll be back next week. And until then... Be kind, rewind, and save me some Kit Kats, will ya? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. 
Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Lovely 